You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. morning. I'm very excited. Uh, we mentioned that Gina and I spoke uh, Friday night um, and God had given me this word about a pioneering spirit that he's releasing. And I shared a little bit of it last night, uh, Friday night, but uh, there's more. You know how when the Lord starts unfolding something to you and it keeps unfolding and unfolding and unfolding for weeks, months. So uh, um, this morning he was talking even more about it. So I want to share a little bit of what he's showing me. Um, I believe this is a pioneering season that we are called to be pioneers of the Lord. We're called to break new territory. We're called to uh, dig up new ground. We're called to take new paths. I mean, it's, it's a new season for us. And, you know, one of the things in our class, many of you have mentioned Thursday night. And uh, if you aren't in it and would like to get in it, uh, let me know. It's not too late. But in another after this week passes, it's going to get too far in for, for you to jump in. Karen has one extra book if you're interested and in, you can see her. But the thing about this class is it is teaching us to get out of our normal pathways of thought and engaging with God in a new way of doing things. It's teaching us to live spirit to spirit, bringing solutions, third heaven solutions where God lives, bringing down heavenly solutions for the first world problems that we have. And they're not just uh, uh, passive, uh, you know, kind of words that he's given us. He's given us words that are breaking loose. Uh, even as Pastor Gene shared about what happened at his office, they are breaking loose territory and, and digging the ground for God in a way that isn't preachy. It isn't, uh, we're not going to get them down and wrestle them down and read the gospel to them. It's the way that God can engage their heart in the position that they're in by showing them who he is and what he has for them. And we are the deliverers of that information. So, you know, that's just a, a, a kind of a brief thought about this. But this deposit of the pioneering spirit actually came prophetically almost 50 years ago. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit, because sometimes when we look at history, and what God is releasing, it helps us understand what is being activated in this season for someone from someone who said yes to God when he gave him a prophetic. And if I, you know, most of the time we don't even realize where it started. We just know that we're living in something that someone prayed into, received from God and is uh, we're living off their work. You know, when we started this church uh, uh, 10 years ago, um, somebody was, you know, asking us why we started in Tarpon. And we were like, because we didn't live in Tarpon. God was like, this is where you're going to start. And every time we go a little bit north, eek, God would put on the brakes. We try to go a little bit south, eek, 
got, we had to be in Tarpon and God spoke to me and he said, you are going to reap in a land where you did not sow. And, you know, we just, we know what God is doing and he's doing amazing things. And sometimes there are people that have sown and, and, and labored over a land, over a word for years and years and years that we are reaping off their labor. We're coming in and skimming the cream off the top. They've done all the hard work. So almost 50 years ago, I think it's 47 years ago, 1975, Bill Bright, and I don't know if you guys know who he is. He was the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ and Lauren Cunningham, who founded YWAM. They were in Colorado and, uh, uh, Bill Bright reached out to Lauren Cunningham and said, can you come over to Boulder and see me? I want to meet, you know, you and your wife. I want to meet us and have breakfast together. Or I think it was breakfast together. And they met. And what they shared with each other was a revelation that God gave both of them independently. And it was the same revelation. And it was the revelation of the seven spheres, spheres of influence. Right now, it's called the seven mountains. Lance Wallnow has kind of, uh, uh, what would you say, captured that, that phraseology. But it was, uh, and I just want to read, this is from Lauren Cunningham. Uh, he said that God, it was a God-given, world-changing strategy. The mandate was to bring godly change to a nation by reaching its seven spheres or mountains of societal influence. And we've heard of the seven mountains. I think you have at the, the ones that they gave, uh, you know, we've changed the titles a little bit as it's been developed, but um, these are the seven they gave them. The two men, the church, the home, the schools, the government and politics, which is one media and arts, entertainment and sports. That's what they gave them which has become the religion mountain, the family mountain, the education mountain, the government mountain, the media mountain, and arts and entertainment. But the whole vision was to transform a nation by becoming an influencer in the sphere of influence God has put you in. By bringing the kingdom of God into your realm, whether it's school, government, business, no matter what it is. That was the whole vision of it. And actually, this is so interesting because God reminded me this morning that in early 2000, someone from YWAM came to our church and actually taught on this and went through scripture to show us the mandates that God had over these seven spheres. And this was, you know, this was 20 years ago. And it's like all of this information is accumulating inside of your spirit, inside of you. And then all of a sudden God puts a demand to activate it. And bring it forward because it's the season is now to influence the spheres to change the world, right? We know that. And that is what we've been talking about for years is we're called to change the world. Well, Lance Wallnow picked this up maybe about 15 years ago. If you know who he is, you can Google him if you don't. Um, he's the one, and I think he's so funny. He's the one who said, God, why am I involved in governmental uh, influence? He said, I don't have any interest in that. And the Lord told him, when you pray in the spirit, that's what you pray about. 
So when we pray in the spirit, we might think that we're praying about, you know, Uncle Joe or whatever it is. But who knows what our spirit is talking to the Holy Spirit to prepare us for the destiny that he has for us in this season. And then you're thinking, why am I doing this? And God said, because you ask me. Your mind did not ask me, but your spirit asked me. And I said, yes. And that is a scary thing. I mean, I'm telling you, that is a scary thing. For a while, I was involved in a governmental thing that was happening in Tampa. And uh, I asked the same question. I said, this is really out of my realm. I was part of their board. I said, this is really out of my realm. And uh, God doesn't care. He doesn't care what my mind thinks is out of my realm. But I will tell you, we made... And I say we collect loosely because I'm on the board. I'm not out there digging the ditches. But there was such an impact made in the Hillsborough County educational system by what was done by city plan. And uh, I know I've told the story again, but it's, it's, it bears repeating because we need to start declaring and, 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 um, rehearsing and sharing the testimonies that God has done. But there was a school that was the worst middle school in Hillsborough County. The police were called out on a regular basis. I think in, uh, I think it was one semester they were called out 27 times. And a friend of a friend heard about us and they would send two people, two or three people in to pray before anybody got there. No one could be in the school and they couldn't pray over anybody. They couldn't touch anybody, nothing. They just would go into the building, they'd pray and they'd leave before anybody got there. In a matter of months, there was a complete shift in that school. The, the most troubled child there that was having the most uh, issues, that was having the most correction, all those different things, became the cheerleader for the other kids. He would find out why weren't they at school? Did they get their homework done? They shifted from being one of the worst school to one of the best schools. And the principal actually wrote us a letter and she said, for the first time in many, many years, I'm able to actually wear a dress to school because I don't have to break up fights anymore. This is a prayer and petition by two to three people that completely transformed the atmosphere, the dynamic, the hearts of the kids and the teachers without talking or touching to anyone there. That is the power of our God. That is the power of our God through us, through our prayers, through what he's anointed to do. That influenced the education mountain where it invited us into doing a joint partnership uh, in Hillsborough County uh, with grants and everything. And our job was to train the leaders that were going to be working in the housing projects to raise up the people there and help them get the jobs that they need, help them understand financial planning, helping them in the day-to-day living of raising kids, of being single parents. I mean, think about this. A breakthrough in a school brings an invitation to transform a whole community Because a couple people said yes, that they would go pray. 
So not only did it impact the family mountain, it impacted the education mountain, which impacted the government mountain because it took the government mountain to get us into the family mountain uh, for that housing project. I mean, it was a domino effect because two to three people agreed to pray every week in the facility. That is the anointing right now that God has for each one of us. Whether you work in the hospital, whether you work in an office building, whether you work in your home, it doesn't make any difference. God has this pioneering anointing available for us right now to transform the sphere of influence that we engage with on a day to day basis. Say, yes, God, I am in it. I mean, just think about it. Think about that. When I was growing up, I was taught the big difference that people made for Christ were the pastors and the priest and the elders because they were called for that. And the rest of us just needed to go to work. There was the laity and what are the other, the clergy. I knew they were called something. I knew we were called something. I just couldn't remember what it was. But think about it. You know, we were taught there was such a, a marked distinction between us that we couldn't possibly, you know, we were the Peters and the Johns and the James. We couldn't possibly make an impact for the kingdom because we weren't educated enough to make a difference. But honestly, the Holy Spirit lives in all of us. And we're all educated through the power of the Holy Spirit to do what God has called us to do. So when we think about being uneducated enough, being not anointed enough, not equipped enough, God is like, are you kidding me? I live in you. Well, who do you think I am? Do you think I'm not anointed enough? Do you think I'm not powerful enough? Do you think I can't give you the words to speak to break every demonic stronghold that's coming against you? That's coming against your sphere of influence. That's coming against your family. He's like, that's ridiculous. Come on. on. Yeah, come on. So the next time we think, God, this is scary. He's going to be like, greater is me and you, right? That's, I mean, we've, we've, anyhow. I'm just excited about this because I know there is such a power wave that is happening right now. It is happening. And uh, I know that God is moving and I am seeing, like that song said, I am seeing the demons tremble. Because they are terrified of what they are facing in the power of God in his people. Right? So really, Lance Wallnow became the forerunner for this message. And being part of Morningstar, every time we went to Morningstar for a pastor's meeting, he was there talking about the seven mountains. And after a few times of hearing it, you're thinking, is there not another subject? But one time he said to us, I will quit talking about it when you finally get it. Because we know that when there's new ideas, when there's new revelation, it takes us a while for our mind to be transformed into what God is doing. We're watching this show, this new show called The Gilded Age. I don't know if any of you've seen it, but it's very similar to Downton Abbey, except it's in America in the 18-1900s. And it's all about the old American money that was, you know, handed down from transferred from generation to generation to the new pioneers, the Edison's, 
you know, the cars, uh, the light bulb, the uh, uh, J.P. Morgan, it mentions it as him, the railroad. It's talking about all these new things. And it, it talks about how the old fought against the new coming in. And it's such a depiction of what is going on is the old, the demonic, the strongholds is fighting against this pining spirits that's coming against all the things that are bound up in fear and oppression and in, 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 um, deception, all those different things, because we're coming out with these solutions from God. We're coming out with this wisdom of the, of the, of the heavens that breaks the stronghold that's happening. Right. And it's not, it's not the way we're used to. God's doing a new thing. As Isaiah says, can't you perceive it? He's doing a new thing. And we are part of this pioneer new thing. We're going to look at a couple of scriptures. Um, we're going to start with uh, Genesis 26. And I want to talk about this for a minute. This is actually one of my favorite scriptures. Um, I declare it and I uh, talk about it all the time. Uh, Genesis 26. And we're going to start, I believe, in verse 1. Yeah. So, verse 1, 26. It says, there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. So there's a new famine. And Isaiah went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerar. And the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go to Egypt. Live in the land which I shall tell you. So when the Lord puts you somewhere, he wants you there. He doesn't want you somewhere else. He doesn't want your mind thinking about you wishing you were somewhere else. He wants you present in the moment, not thinking about if I could have, would have, should have, God, if only. When he puts you somewhere, he wants you there fully. Dwell in the land. I will be with you and bless you for you and your descendants. I give all these lands and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. And I will make your descendants multiply. He's reminding him of the promise. Sometimes God has to remind us of what he's already told us because we forget. I will give you to you and your descendants all these lands and in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because Abraham obeyed. There is conditional on this. We need to obey my voice and kept charge, my commandments, my statutes and my law. So there's two critical points here. We have to go where God sends us and we have to obey what he tells us to do. We have to act like we are his people. We have to be recognizable that we carry a different spirit. We have to be recognizable. So Isaac dwelled in Gerar and the men of the place asked about his wife. And he said, she's my sister. For he was afraid to say she is my wife because he thought least uh, men of this place kill me for Rebecca because she is beautiful to behold. I know all you men have that problem. You know, you just... Now it came to pass when he had been there for a long time that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked through the window and saw there was Isaac showing endearment to Rebekah, his wife. Then Abimelech called to Isaac and said, quite obviously, she is your wife. So how could you say she is your sister? 
Isaac said to him, because I said, lest I die on the count of her. And Abimelech said, what is this you have done? Now, it's interesting that he recognizes, you know, his, as a normal king, he would just kill that guy and take what he wanted. But there is a protection. There is a recognition of the Lord on him. He said, one of the people might soon have laid with your, lain with your wife and you would have brought guilt on us. So Abimelech charged all of his people saying, he who touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death in the land in which God had called him in the promise in which he gave them. God put a protection around him so that he could fulfill the promise that would be the destiny for generations to come. Think about where you've been. Think about what God is calling you to do. Think about where he has placed you and trust that God will protect you in the direction he has given you. And this is what I love about this. So this is a time of famine. Right? We read that earlier. And it says, verse 12, then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. How do you reap a hundredfold in a time of famine? That's right. Who is our solution in a time of famine? Who is our solution in a time of $5 gas? <laughs> was I going to go there? Apparently I was. <laughs> but think about it. I told the story of uh, someone that we had, you know, met at, at this been a few years ago, but they drove their car for like six months and never had to fill it up because that was the, that was what he needed for that provision from God. And he didn't expect it. He didn't know God was going to do it. He just knew that he didn't have to fill his gas tank up. Uh, I heard someone else telling the story that, and they were a young couple and uh, she was given a Starbucks card. And that was a big deal for her because she didn't have the money to go to Starbucks. And she was talking about the Lord would tell her, go invite one of your friends and go meet him at Starbucks. And she's like, I don't even know how much money I have left on my card. But he did that for months. And she would take her friends out for coffee and her card never ran out. And, you know. That's God. Yes, the Starbucks. I mean, just think about it. It wasn't that it wasn't about the Starbucks. It's about the God who provides what we need. It's about the God who can take us through a time of famine and create us a multiplication of a hundredfold when we sow. Well, I met a guy at the conference on Friday night. I had given him a prophetic word. Uh, we got all done preaching. Jean's like, okay, come on up. Let's minister. And I'm like, it's not 15. I think I'm, I think it's time for me to drive to St. Pete, but we had fun. We were ministering, but I knew I had a word for this guy. And he came up to me afterwards and he said, I want you to know that he lives in New Jersey. He has a business in New Jersey. And he said, in the last two and a half years, God has multiplied my business in New Jersey, in New Jersey, one of the tightest constricted states during the time of COVID. COVID. Oh, now it's French COVID. But, uh, but you know, one of the tightest, tightest, you know, lockdown states prospered. He said that his business has grown so much. It's enabled him to buy additional work trucks for cash 
and buy a house. It's the God that we serve that can provide during a lockdown for business, for houses, for everything else. And we heard a testimony last week of someone getting a house because they said, we're only going to take one bid. We're going to take the first bid and we're not going to get into a bidding war. So we're just releasing that anointing over everyone. We talked about last night who is looking for a house. You know, God is able to turn the tide for you in order for you to fulfill the destiny that he has in front of you. He's able to bring houses. He's able to fill up your gas card. He's able to fill up your Starbucks card if that's what he wants. I mean, what he wants to do is so out of the box for us. When he does it, we can hardly believe that it's him because we're like, how does that even work? Because it goes against the natural order because it is the spiritual order. And in our class, at some point, we will talk about the difference between the laws of heaven and the laws of earth. There are the natural laws of earth, gravity, et cetera, et cetera. But there's a law of heaven that supersedes everything in earth. Everything. It supersedes a famine. It supersedes uh, anything. I mean, sickness, it supersedes when it overlays what is supposed to be the order of earth. It breaks open everything that God wants to do. And it becomes a domino effect that goes from person to person. Because when you hear a testimony, what happens is it opens you up to receive the testimony that you've just heard. How many times people get healed because they hear the testimony of healing? How many times do people get financial breakthrough? We've seen it in this house over and over again. Because we keep hearing the financial breakthroughs of other people. It breaks open. It releases an anointing. There becomes an oil on what God is doing. And right now, the oil of God is pioneering these fears of influence. And making a difference for the kingdom of God. This is such a good word, isn't it? I'm telling you, God is doing so much. I, every day I just wake up and I'm like, what's today, God? This is so much fun. This is so much fun. Okay, we're going to look at a couple of other scriptures now that we know that uh, we can sow in a time of famine. And let me finish reading that verse 12. And reap in the same year. He didn't wait years and years and years. Same year, a hundredfold. And then listen to this. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous three times. And that word three times. When God used repetitive words, if he uses a word over and over and over, what he means is it's growing and growing and growing. There's an emphasis over emphasis over emphasis. That means that you can prosper and continue to prosper and become very prosperous because the word of God says you can. Because if you obey the Lord, you follow him, you sow in the land that you're living in, then God will prosper in what you've sown in, right? I need some more enthusiasm on that one. I'm telling you, when we read the word out loud and we agree with the word, the word becomes active inside of us and it begins to multiply for us. And then we see things happening to us that we didn't even realize could happen, even though we declared the word. <laughs> That's, I'm telling you. 
Wow, it's a wow. It is a wow. Because what happens is God surprises us in the way that he shows up for us and we're declaring the prosperity. So we just assume we're going to get a raise or something like this. Someone's going to die and live us their inheritance or something like that. But what happens is he slips it into a full gas tank for six months. Our Starbucks card that never ends. Our checks in the mail that we didn't expect. All of a sudden we've got, you know, the, the governor sending thousand dollar checks to all the teachers. That is not taxable. Yeah, I mean, think about this. God does it in a way that catches us off guard so that we can see the wonder and the awe of who he is. Because if we did what he we. If he did what we expected him to do, we would not be caught in wonder. We would fill it with our own mind. We'd be like, oh, I knew God was going to do that. Oh, yeah, because I'm so all that. But when God does it outside of our realm of expectation, it captures the awe in our hearts. It makes us go in such wonder. We can't help but to tell people. You, you'll never believe what God did for me. I went to see my new doctor and I was talking to her and and, uh, you know, she was going through all your history and all that kind of stuff. And she said, uh, you know, have you ever had this, that, and the other? I'm like, no, I don't have any of that stuff. And I said, but I had Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune disease. And my thyroid, I was taking so many grams of, you know, thyroid medicine that it's like off the charts. You're not supposed to take that much. And I said, and then God healed me. And she said, God healed you? She said, I love Jesus. I love hearing those stories. And I'm like, yes, yes. She was so excited about what God did. And I just got my blood work back and my thyroid is like beaming, you know, and I just, she's so excited. And you know, that's what happens is the enthusiasm as we share with one another becomes contagious. And then we're able to not only take what we've received, but take what other people receive and say, well, I can tell you that someone else got healed with this or someone else got a house or someone else got a raise, you know, and then next thing you know, it is the domino effect of the kingdom of God working on your behalf in ways you would never even recognize, right? God is good to us. So we're going to go to Deuteronomy 28, and I'm not going to read a lot of this, but I want to remind us who we are and what God has promised us. Because in the time of $5 gas prices, in the time of this uh, global issue that we're having, we're going to call it an issue for now, in the time of the nation being squeezed, God has promised us and we are the domino effect for the world to see that our God is real. He is alive. He is moving on their behalf and wait and see that the God, that God is good. Taste and see what he has done for me and he can do that for you too. Amen. So uh, Deuteronomy 28, it says, now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord. I'm telling you, the obedience is the door of entry into the blessings. You cannot receive the blessings of God without being obedient to him. If you read his word, that's what he says. If you will diligently follow my voice and if you will Meditate on my word. If you will eat it, if you will consume it, if it will become a part of your life, if you will be the light for me, then the blessings will fall upon you. 
to be carefully, um, to observe carefully all of his commandments, which it, which I command you today, that the Lord, your God will set you high above all the nations on the earth. We, as the people of God, are a nation in ourselves. We belong to the city of God. We are the kingdom of God. And we are set above all the nations on the earth. And we are positioned in heavenly places hidden in Christ to partner with God and agree with God for what he has for the nations below us for this day, for this time, for this season. Right? And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Do you know what it's like to be overtaken? I mean, think about that. When you're overtaken, that means that it's more than you can take. I was thinking about, um, you know, as kids, you used to wrestle, right? Well, we did. Southerners wrestle. I don't know what everybody else does, but Southerners wrestle, right? And we used to watch it on TV, too. That was a big thing. Uh, anyhow, that's a whole different repentance, a whole different story. But, but, you know, we used to wrestle. And, you know, of course, your older siblings would overpower you. They would overtake you. They'd pin you, and you'd have to yell uncle to get them to let go of you. So just think about the blessings of God are going to overtake you. And when you yell uncle, he's just going to give you more. He is not going to let go. He's not going to let up. When he's got you pinned to the place you're supposed to be, he's going to continue to shower you, you with the blessings that he has for you so that you can accomplish what he's purposed you for. God doesn't withhold and make you beg. God showers. So you're drowning and you're thinking, God, I don't know if I can take any more. He goes, sure you can. Here's just a little bit more. Let me just pour some more out on you. Let me have that prodigal child call you that's been afar. Let me, let me have that employer give you a bonus, give you a raise. Let me have a check come in the mail to you that you weren't expecting. Let me just love you with the fullness that I can love you with. So be ready uh, and, and, and observe those overtakings of the Lord. And he overtakes us because what did we do? We obeyed the voice of the Lord, your God. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey me. It's not about slavery. It's about family. Blessed shall you be in your city. And blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, and the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Well, I have cattle. They're called clients, right? You know, we think, oh, well, that was because it was agriculture back there. Oh, no, I can apply all of this to my life. I have a herd. Those are my kids and grandkids. You know, we, I mean, think about it. All of that is going to be blessed because of what we do. That, there, that we provide a covering over the people we work with, over our families, over our church. We provide a covering over our city, over our nation, because we are obedient to the Lord. And we are called to be the head and not the tail. 
We're called to be over it. And God's going to overtake us with blessings so we can overtake our city with blessings. So we can overtake our family with blessings, right? He is so good to us. I'm telling you what. I love this one right here. Verse 7, it says, The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. Bye-bye. See you later. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. They're going to be running for the hills. They're going to be sorry they messed with us. Because the Lord is going to come up against them. The Lord will, verse 8, it says, The Lord will command the blessings on you in your storehouse and in all which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord has given us this land. He has given us a storehouse that he is blessing and that he is pouring into. And the Lord will establish you as holy people to himself. That's who we are. We are holy people to God. Just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, just like Abimelech did with Isaac, and they shall be afraid of you. That's powerful, isn't it? They see the anointing on the Lord and they tremble. And they either come in in agreement with your anointing or they flee from you. Have you ever had someone flee? You're like, I don't understand what happened to them. They could not stand the anointing of the Lord on you. So they had to separate themselves from you. And that is God's protection for you. Shoo. I'm telling you, God makes me laugh. I think God, sometimes I do not understand. And what he's asking us is, can we work in cooperation with the unsaved world to bring the kingdom of God into it? Can we not be their adversaries? But can we be the voice of God that will transform, that will change that will break open, that will tear down every stronghold that's in there. And like I said, we will have opposition, no doubt. But God's word says that he will protect us from that opposition. That he will cause our enemy to flee seven ways. But God is inviting us in to work cooperatively with an unsaved world. So that they can see the salvation of the Lord on us. They can see the favor of God making us the head, not the tail. They can see the protection of God keeping our enemies at bay. They can see the financial blessing over our households. They can see the healing over our bodies. They can see the wonder of God in us that makes them want to say, how is it that I know him? How is it possible that I can be saved? That is the season we're in. You know, we think the million soul harvest is going to be caused by stadiums. and No, it's going to be caused by us. It's going to be caused by us standing, declaring, displaying, receiving the wonder of God and sharing it with the people around us. 
That is the multiplication. That is the domino effect. That is the harvest that is right in front of us. It's the influence into the mountains that transforms that mountain for that sphere that we're responsible for that begins the domino effect in that mountain, in the family mountain, in our church mountain. I love that song. The reason we did that Eddie James song, because it says, church arise, bride arise, wake up, stand up, because the awakening is here and we need to arise out of our sleep and step in to this. Really, it's an invitation of wonder of the Lord for our nation, for our community, for our family. So, okay, I think we're going to end with that. Um, I think so. I I actually want to read one other scripture, Matthew 10, 1, um, and then we're going to end with that because I want to pray a prayer of impartation. And um, I heard a word that I want to pray over us. Um, You know, when I was thinking about kind of thinking about this and thinking about the pioneering spirit and all this, you know, like I said, I looked at Abraham, I look at all these people. But what I thought about was when Jesus empowered the disciples to go out and heal the sick, raise the dead. Um, Verse one in chapter 10, it says, and when he called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them the power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. He gave them the power to do it all, the power. And then when the Holy Spirit was released, everyone was empowered. Everyone was empowered. So just think, we went from 10 to 72 to millions upon millions upon millions that are empowered to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out demons, to cleanse the lepers, to preach the gospel, to transform the world by the kingdom of God, by saying the kingdom of God is at hand. Here, take what I have, because freely I've received, freely I give to you. So, So think about the multiplication of pioneers that God has done. And every day there's new ones coming in. And one of the things I heard the other day was uh, there was a guy and his wife that spent 15 years in um, um, the Himalayans, right? And they were actually, they made such an impact there that they were, they were declared uh, enemies of the state and were forced to leave. And he said that their job now is to send flaming arrows back into that nation by sending missionaries that want to finish the work that they began. And he said, so we are sending 300 flaming arrows back into that nation. 300. He said, we will not be stopped. And what we did will not go to waste. And that's what I pray for us, that we are the flaming arrows that God is sending into the sphere of influence he's assigned to us. So if we'll stand, let's just pray for a minute. Um, we're, we're expecting to be amazed and awed, God. So God, I just thank you that each of us have multiple areas of influence 
in our family, in our church, in our businesses, in our neighborhoods, in our government, in our media. We have influence. And Lord, send us as flaming arrows that when we hit the fire of the Holy Spirit crosses and that everything that is not of you burns and everything that is hungry for you is inflamed with power and, and just the awe and wonder of who you are. So God, we want to be your flaming arrows in the time that we're in, the assignment we're in. And God, where we are, if we're distracted, if we're in a shoulda, coulda, wanna, God, just clarify the calling. Clarify our calling. Send us people around us that will encourage and and, uh, prophesy into what we're doing. And Lord, we want to burn like a holy fire for you. We want to burn in our neighborhood like a fire for you. We want when people walk outside, they want to get the water hose because they can't figure out what to do with us because we have such power and strength and encouragement that they see the multiplication in our lives, in our finances, in the supernatural, that they are awed and wondered by the beauty of you operating through us. So God, send us for a harvest. Send us for a harvest in our, in our neighborhoods, in our businesses. Uh, send us for a harvest in the church where hearts have grown dull and, and hope has been lost, Lord. Let us stir the fires again, Lord. So just use us, inflame us, Lord. Send us out in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.